0: Welcome to the Wellness Pie Shop, where each episode we cut into a different slice of wellness to examine how our values and resilience nourish our daily lives. With the help of special guests and our own brand of irreverent insight, we'll dive into some of the ingredients that make up the whole of each of our wellness pies. We're your hosts, Dina Searden and Samaya Ding Lawson. Thanks for joining us. Now let's grab a cup of tea, sit back, Relax and join this week's discussion at the Wellness Pie Shop. Welcome to the Wellness Pie Shop. This week we have Samaya Ding Lawson, my co host, and we also have Candace Beaton. And Candace is the founder and therapist of Modern Therapy CB, providing therapy to millennial women. She helps women with anxiety, depression, and life transitions from career changes to breakups and most things in between. With a passion for empowering women, she focuses on providing tools to manage stress and help women understand the why behind their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Candace offers online therapy to women in California and Chicagoland. Her passions include normalizing mental health for all, helping others, and her dog, Scotty, who makes appearances in her sessions from time
1: to time. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> Candace. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. He may Whether there. you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited.
0: I'm so excited to have you here. And it's so good to see your beautiful face. <laughs> you too. <laughs> uh, so let's just go ahead and and jump right in. Our podcast, as you know, is about values and how those values show up in our lives. So my first question to you is, what are your values?
1: Yeah. So great question. And I was trying to give a lot of thought about it and probably over was overthinking it a little bit. And, you know, I actually decided to go with something a little bit more creative, right? Cause I mean, I could say like family and friends and health, especially over the last couple of years, but I actually decided to go with kind of things that have shown up in my life, things that I've seen in my sessions with clients and also with family. And the first one I want to talk about is gratitude actually. And I want to be clear that it's not about just focusing on the positive, because I think a lot of people get in the habit of, you know, I feel down, I feel sad, these terrible things are happening. And, you know, then they think about gratitude, like, oh, I can't think that, right? I just have to be positive.
0: Mm.
1: And what I mean by gratitude is, you know, typically on any given day, any given year, there is a mix of good and bad. And why I talk about gratitude when it comes to values is, especially when the bad's going on, it's not about dismissing that. It's really about acknowledging that both things can be true, right? Mm -hmm. So when we think about COVID, for example, devastating, right? On so many different levels. And at the same time, for me personally, it actually made my connections stronger to my family, Mm -hmm. to my friends. I actually started my business during COVID and really took that leap of faith. And again, it's not about dismissing all of the negative things, but more so in those moments about not having tunnel vision about the bad and Mm -hmm. acknowledging yourself. You know, there are some things that are working for me or going well for me.
0: And I think it's really challenging. What You said both things can be true. And finding that space in your brain to allow for that. <laughs> yeah. That's a real challenge for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah, that I, I, yeah, I personally have a hard time with that sometimes. I think, oh, I, I, I can dismiss everything because, oh, I should be so grateful. And I have my gratitude journal and I should just, you know, yeah. be happy.
1: Yes. And that's why I wanted to make that distinction. And I see it a lot with my clients. And I get it. I've been there, right? Where you're looking at all these self help things, which can be a really great tool, but without guidance from someone to clarify that, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't feel sad.
0: Mm, It doesn't have
1: to mean that you can't hurt or be in pain. Um, And I'll give you an example. So I. So we were talking about how out of breath I am, not because I'm running marathons, but because I'm about seven and a half months pregnant and this guy's pushing up on my lungs. But I'll tell you, I've had a lot of fertility loss and a lot of struggles Mm -hmm. with that, for example. And to kind of go back to my dog, Scotty, he was my miscarriage pup, my first miscarriage. I got my my dog, Scotty. And so even though it was like a challenging few years, Mm -hmm. No way. Could you tell me? Absolutely not. I, I would change anything. I would change nothing about that Mm -hmm. experience. And so it's about that mix of good and bad of in that struggle came something really positive, finally getting pregnant. I've been struck by kind of health issues with family and friends. And so it's interesting, right? Where this little miracle happened and I was Mm -hmm. so excited and some devastating things have happened for loved ones, right? So it's not about, you can only feel happy about the baby. You can only feel sad about your loved ones. It's about, for me, that's been a reality, right? both of those things are true. It's been both devastating at times. And also I've been the happiest I've ever been. And it doesn't have to be either or.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. I think a lot of times we're not taught to know that we can feel multiple different emotions simultaneously. Right. And Mm -hmm. so people think it's just black or white, right. Happy or sad. It can be a whole gamut of emotions from happy to sad to frustrated to anger. Um, and I think the pandemic is a good example of that. And I think you provided a great example of your fertility, you know, struggles, and now kind of being in a place where you can kind of sort of feel safe enough to celebrate that.
1: Absolutely. And I think too, and I'm curious of what you ladies think about this, but for a lot of my clients, they feel like they should always be happy. Like mm-hmm. if the emotion is not happy, I'm doing something wrong or bad. And so I talk a lot about, you know, it's about matching your emotion to the situation. And we can talk mm-hmm. about if your emotions are disproportionate to the situation, but if you lose a loved one, you're not supposed to feel happy. Right. Right. The emotion that goes along with that is grief and sadness. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And again, you know, going back to, it is hard to hold those two things simultaneously and Mm -hmm. not that, not that you're going to have this sort of mixture of sadness and happiness at the exact Mm -hmm. same time. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we think of the laws of physics, I think emotions sort of. (laughs) Follow that, which is you can't have two things at this in the same place at the same time. But you can certainly, you know, in for a moment, feel the losses, and then to use your example of Scotty the dog, who is adorable, <laughs> by the way, He's so cute. Um, you know, take a look at him and have a rush of contentment
1: in your heart. Yeah, yeah,
0: and then go back to feeling sad,
1: and it can be a real roller coaster, right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the way that you said that because I even talk to my clients like, okay, let's not talk about a bad day. Let's talk about a good day. Does that mean that everything that you ever wanted happen in that day? No, maybe just something really good happened and you kind of minimize or dismiss the bad stuff. And so it's just about kind of using that example for when you have bad days as well of, okay, I can have what feels like a bad day. First of all, what does that mean? And was anything going right? And so to kind of come back to that value of gratitude, you know, I always challenge people like, okay, say three things to yourself that you're grateful for and pick three new things. Because there's a lot more that's working for us than I think we realize or that we Mm -hmm. focus on because we get caught up in the day-to-day grind of things. Um, So, right, with COVID, physical health, right, I think a lot more people who are well and healthy have a lot more appreciation for that. Obviously, the circumstances around it for why isn't great, but have a kind of bigger appreciation or eyesight, the fact that I can see both of your beautiful faces, right, or that I can hear your voices um, or that, you know, I have people in my life that are kind of struggling and I have people in my life that are really thriving and doing well.
0: Yeah. And I think about gratitude and sometimes when I'm having a really shitty day, right? (laughs) I I look outside and first off I get to look outside and I'm not outside. And I try to hold that for a moment. And, you know, being here in lovely, sunny San Diego, uh, (laughs) generally I look outside and I see a blue sky or maybe Mm -hmm. it's overcast because of fog, but (laughs) no. That's to me. I love the fog as well. So it's it's, you know, sometimes the gratitude or just those little tiny things. And I think you're right. I mean, there's there's the it's easy to be grateful for the same things over and over and over again, right? Uh-huh. And it's picking uh-huh. out the other smaller things. I think the other thing that you said struck me, and that is, you know, we can have gratitude or be grateful for our own health during times like now, right? And you don't have to have perfect health, right? Uh-huh. It, it just, you know, oh, I'm healthy. Well, I'm healthy, but you know, I have back problems. I have arthritis and that sucks, but generally, you know, I'm not dying. I'm not in the hospital. I'm not having to, you know, wonder if I'm going to make it through another day, another week, another month, another year. So that's where to hold that gratitude. And I think it's helpful for people to remember that being healthy doesn't necessarily mean perfect health.
1: Yes, absolutely. And to even kind of take it a step further for people that are wondering about kind of their life expectancy or have those questions that for a lot of them, they're typically some of the more grateful people Mm -hmm. that I've known that when you have the threat of something being taken away from you, those things that maybe you take for granted or that you don't focus on become more present in your life. And that can also be maybe your main value, right? When someone gets sick, it's almost like, okay, I was worried about money. I was worried about my kids and you get sick. You have now tunnel vision of the only thing that matters is health.
0: Very good point. Absolutely.
2: You know, I think sometimes we struggle in the day-to-day of being a parent. I have two, two girls and you're going to be a, a mom soon enough. And <laughs> Dina can attest to this is the normal stresses of feeling overwhelmed and daunted as a parent and I, I, there was this one moment, I think it was on Sunday with my girls, they're 12 and 10, we were roller skating. And there was just this um, moment of bliss and happiness that I felt that I had to take a picture, like a, we took a selfie um, of that. And for me, it was a moment to help me remember and to, to have gratitude for yeah. the moments that are like that. Sometimes they're short and few in between, but in that moment, it was complete bliss. And I was grateful Mm -hmm. for that, you know? And so (laughs) we, we do in, in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, we lose that sometimes. Right. So it is remember it's important to remember that. And I think you're totally right.
1: Yeah. And again, don't dismiss, right. Cause I mean, you probably have plenty of examples. I'm sure I'm going to learn the hard way that it's Mm -hmm. stressful and overwhelming and all of those things, but Mm -hmm. kind of about remembering all of it. I'm trying to think like, okay, when I'm up in the middle of the night and he's crying, Remember, you wanted this the three that's years you've right. been. That's right. You've, you were so sad when you didn't have it. And now you do. That's, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. You, totally. you better be grateful. That's <laughs> right. totally.
0: And if I, if, oh. if I could, I would try to bottle some sleep for you. <laughs> okay. So other values?
1: Yeah. So the other one, and I kind of talked a little bit about it. So for me personally, is connection and particularly connection with others right so whether it's family friends even my clients and you know i had a supervisor who i always said like even when i was struggling with a client or didn't quite know what to do i was like oh but i like this about them and the supervisor said you don't have to like your clients and i thought that was so interesting because for me i feel like i do need some sort of connection and i've had clients that I disagree with, or that I struggle with for a variety of different reasons, but for every single one of my clients and people in my life, even when I struggle with them is I have to feel that connection, right? There, there are these great qualities. Um, And for me, that's such a big piece. And I think it comes from two to kind of think about values and why do we have them? Where do they come from? I think it's always like, a balance of met and unmet needs, right? Times in your life Mm. where you felt disconnected Mm. and then you just get so frustrated where you want to make that a priority or this thing of, you know, I feel really great when I'm connected. Like when I'm in a session with a client and I just feel like, my client's making progress or the client feels heard. I live for those moments. I mean, super cheesy. It is what it is, but I live for that. (laughs) I live for remembering how difficult it is for a client to come to a session and six months or a year later, or three months to be able to have these conversations of, do you remember when Mm
0: -hmm. you were
1: really having a hard time and where you're at now? And I get goosebumps talking about that because that's where I feel the connection. And I just love stuff like that, but that's a kind of a personal value of mine and something that just emotionally fills my cup up.
0: Yeah. Connection is really important to me as well. And I think Samaya, you've said in the past that that is a real connect, you know, mm-hmm. important for one you of my as a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because sometimes I hate people. Right. <laughs> and all I want to do is, Disconnect from the world, especially when I read the newspaper or listen to the news. And at the same time, it's like, I still have to connect. Sometimes it's not even with people. Sometimes the connection is with nature, just hearing the dirt under my feet or feeling the grass or looking at, I got a new puppy He's 6 months old now, Rusty. Oh, and so uh, cute. <laughs> such a pain in the butt. You know, just looking at my dogs and saying, you know, and connecting with them. It doesn't have to be human connection mm-hmm. for yeah. me, for me. Yeah. I don't know for you if it's that way as well or Samaya.
1: I love what you said. I didn't even think about that, but that's so true that kind of when I was in beautiful San Diego and the sun was always shining, um I when I was having a tough time, I would always go to the beach and nothing out of the ordinary would ever happen, but I always felt better after. And so I don't know if it was a connection to nature, if it was just a connection of quiet with myself. Right. But there was just something about it that was so peaceful. So I love that you said, like, it doesn't have to be people, right. That it can be with ourselves, with nature. I think that's so true.
0: Right. And I love that you said the connection can be with ourselves. Uh, I know that Samaya and I've been talking recently about never being alone. Right. So, yeah, there's an interesting thought that just was kind of provocative. My therapist told me about it. And
2: one of our uh, spiritual gurus, uh, Kari talks about it is we are never alone because we always have ourselves. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? I
1: mean, that's so true. I think that's both, both a blessing and a curse at times. Um, (laughs) So true, (laughs) but absolutely. I mean, that's so true. And I'll tell you, like, so I do a lot of kind of cognitive behavior therapy and, and why I bring this, bring this up just briefly is that our thoughts are important. And I could even identify this for myself at myself at certain points is the way that we talk to ourselves mm. matter. And I think just, I mean, I won't speak for anyone else, but for myself is I'm way harder on myself than anybody else. I see mm. it with my clients. I see it with my friends and family. I think it's a way that kind of for a lot of people, if that was just the norm, right, of you talk negatively to yourself, you say kind of what's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing more? You're not good enough, all of those things. And so cognitive behavior therapy is really about kind of challenging and changing some of those assumptions. Like, why is it okay for me to talk to myself that way, but I wouldn't accept that from anybody else, but you're right that we always have ourselves, but I think that that can be a good thing and also Mm -hmm. a challenge at times. Absolutely. That is so true. That is so true.
0: So, you know, just out of curiosity, how do you think you came by these values? I mean, were they always present in your life? Do you think they've changed at all? Or
1: I think my values are constantly changing. I like to think of them more as fluid or like that values pie, right? (laughs) of, okay, maybe like in a certain point in your life, family was kind of maybe a smaller part, right? Like I remember in my kind of twenties, my goals were work and going out with my girlfriends, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not that I didn't care about my family, but at that time, it wasn't as present for me. And now kind of going through pregnancy and thinking about like, wow, I really do want my mom here. And, you know, it's been a cool way to connect with, other family members, and really wanting that family. So now it's maybe a bigger percentage for me than it has in the past. I think emotional connection and also gratitude comes from things that weren't necessarily present in my life. And so I think that kind of just going through life and having challenges, those are now very present for me. And it's an ongoing practice, right? There's times where I drop off or I'm not as good with those things as I'd like. And it's just about constantly reminding myself, like, no, these are things that fill you up emotionally. And this is important. Mm. Um, as far as like a longstanding value, any of my friends and family and probably my clients will tell you, honesty is a big one mm. and truth. And I've been called the truth cannon before. Um, Where I'll just kind of say it how it is. And I think I get away with it because I smile when I'm saying it, but I mean, for me, it's not only truth to others, but also kind of within yourself. And it's not that people are actively trying to be dishonest with themselves. I think it's just really special when you see someone get vulnerable and get honest with themselves. And I feel like that's been pretty consistent for me is I appreciate in others. I feel better when I'm being honest with myself. And then I struggle with people that particularly are actively trying not to be truthful.
0: I am queen of figuratively and literally running away from things and running away from myself at times. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's easier to fill myself up with other stuff, you know, whether it's miles or books or, you know, playing on my stupid phone, whatever. (laughs) Um, Those are all ways to
2: I think what, maybe what you're trying to say is sometimes we need to take a look at ourselves and we're not being honest. And sometimes we may deflect from the truth, right? <laughs> we may deflect from the truth by distracting, right? Yeah. <laughs> by doing everything else, but taking a look at what is it I need to do for myself or what is it I need to improve on? Super easy yeah. to be distracted in the day to day and yeah. you don't have to take responsibility. But, but, but the reality is you talk about happiness. It's like, how do you ever find that sense of happiness if you're not being honest and truthful with yourself? Uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a constant practice, right? There's no 100%. I'll tell you, I had kind of a day where I was just exhausted, and I reached in the freezer and had some ice cream and didn't want to think about how I was feeling, right? That that's, these are things that happen. And so it's not necessarily about that. But I think people that are seeking truth for themselves and others, or I love um, the idea that we're constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I'm really attracted to that in people, when they say like, yeah, I think this, but I also can see the other side or, you know, I'm pretty sure this is what I think or how I feel, but they're open to another way of looking at it. Cause I think that's very much how I live my life. And so I, I, I very much like that when I see that in people or when I see people that would like to get there, even if they're not.
0: Kind of that psychological flexibility piece. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah
0: you know, has there ever been a time when you, when your values were really challenged? Like, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When it was hard to be grateful or hard to be connected or hard to be honest, hard to be honest.
1: I mean, mean, the the honesty, the honesty, honesty, I feel like is the one that comes up for me a lot in different ways. And so I'll give you an example. And this is actually something for me that, that I did and that you have to wrestle with too, because when you have values, when you act outside of your values, right, there's that general discomfort of, you know, I feel like I have to act outside this value, but this goes against what I think. And i most of my jobs, right up to this point prior to working for myself, that they would allow sick days, but no mental health days. And I've had work experiences that were just really tough and I needed that mental health day. And so every time I called in sick, right, physically, typically for me, it was more emotional. Like I need a break. Like I can't go into work and be my best self right now because I need a break for a variety of different reasons. And so that's something that I've had to face before where okay, my value is honesty. And I'm not being honest, but sometimes whether it's societal or policy that we have to kind of figure out what we're going to do because certain situations kind of force the issue. And I can
0: do all kinds of mental gymnastics around that and twist it to say, well, hang on a second, because mental health does affect your physical body. Right. And so if we're Mm -hmm, talking about, and then, and how do you define sick and, you know, all these kinds of things. So I can, you know, make it fit a sick day. I'm calling in sick because mentally I'm not able to be there just, and that's just as important as physically, you Mm -hmm. know, and while it may not be contagious, well, you know what, it can be contagious. I'm not going (laughs) to, it can be contagious, right? Because when you're not having a good day. Your poor attitude can certainly affect other people yeah. and they may get a poor attitude when you're bitch, yeah. bitch, 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 <laughs> about your clients or your coworkers yeah. or your boss or whatever. I challenge that. Do, yeah. your, ment- I like Do that. your mental gymnastics, <laughs> reframe <That's> that. Very,
1: <laughs> that. That is very creative. And I like that, but that's definitely like a clear example for me, but I get where you're coming from that mind body connection. And I agree. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. Right. Trying to kind of maneuver it to like, okay, well this affects my physical health and also others. Mm -hmm. I like that. (laughs) No, that that's so true. And then, okay. The other one. So gratitude. Yeah. I mess up with this all the time. Okay. It's not about being perfect. It's for me, just the constant practice. And for when I remember like, okay, if you have a tough day for whatever reason, or a tough month, or there's a lot of stressors going on, That's just about reminding myself in those moments or whenever I do remember, if I need a couple of bad days or I have a hard time, it's about when I remember, oh yeah, there's something that's going right for me or, oh yeah, I'm really grateful for these things. It's just about coming back to it. And I I tell my clients that too, it's not about you being perfect with this, right? Because when we put that added pressure, then it becomes a stressor. But in my dog's really good with that. I feel like every time I'm having a bad day, I can always look into his beautiful eyes and be like, okay, life's pretty good. I've got a sweet mm-hmm. dog. I've got a lot of things going for me, even when there are challenges. I love the simplicity, right? Of my dogs looking at me because he wants to get pet right now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's never going to be how I am where I'm just thinking about this one thing, but it's a good goal for me. Like, okay, he's just very present. And right now, if he wants some pets and That's probably all he's thinking about. Wouldn't that be nice just to think about, I I want this one thing and that's it.
2: (laughs) I think it's important to sometimes just keep, keep it simple, right? Like, let's just keep it simple and be appreciative for like, right. Our dogs our you know, our cats, you know, your husband's smile, you know, the fact that your baby's kicking in your tummy, you know, like the little things that we take for
0: granted.
1: Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I'm curious what you two think, but as far as like conflicting values for me, I think it happens all the time.
0: Oh yeah. Like I'm always being challenged. Well, here's the thing. The reason this whole podcast came about, right. And I say this almost every podcast is because I never really stopped to think about or look at what my values are. It was always this sort of ethereal, that's nice out there, philosophical discussion that might be had but when i sat down to put that like overlay it over my heart and my being my soul whatever my spirit that was just you know maybe a year ago maybe Mm -hmm. and i'm old older than 12 that old so um (laughs) somewhere between 12 and 90 and um depending on the day or the minute or the hour you know have you think have you known what your values are all along? I mean, have you been connected to that? Or is that something that you became more aware of as a, I don't even know what to call it, just sort of as an entity or a a part of who you are?
1: Yeah. So absolutely not. I'm no, I was not like kind of born or growing up, like knowing like, these are my values. And this is what's important. I wish, oh my goodness, I was listening to one of your podcasts, you had um, a really great 16 year old um, young lady on, and she was just very clear. And I was like, it's right? 16. I like know. What? <laughs> I was <laughs> no not thinking clue. about values. And no, yes. <laughs> I was thinking about how
0: smelly my tennis shoes were. You know,
1: I mean, that was my well, big concern. Kind of yeah. I mean, yeah, she was so impressive. But no, absolutely not. And I'll tell you so for me, I always thought I wanted to be a clinical psychologist, right? And so I kind of was getting into research and realized I hate research. It's very important. There's a lot of important information and things that come out of it. But for me being involved in the process, I didn't like. And so that's when I changed to getting my license in the social work um, and going to school for that. But I feel like everyone I went to school with, like, was like, all right, I've been thinking about social work in high school. I went to undergrad for it. Now I'm getting a graduate degree, and I was Who kind of coming that? in. I I felt what like mean? the oddball. I felt like the oddball in grad school cuz everyone was wow. just very clear. So for me, going to grad school and that's when they started talking about values and I was like, "What?" And they asked us to rate our values. And huh. It was just a mind-blowing activity for me. I think all these other people had done it probably 50 times before they had gotten to, to graduate school. But for me, I just never thought about it in that way. And I mean, again, to go back to the honesty value, that's probably the only one I would still rate high for me. I think some of the other ones have changed, but that was honestly the first time. It really shifted the way I saw other people, the way I saw myself, um, the way people interact with each other. Um, but no, I absolutely was not kind of born knowing or kind of raised knowing my values. And so now it's one of my favorite things to, um, use with my clients is Mm -hmm. what do you value? Because typically the discontent is when you're out of alignment, where this is a really high value, but maybe your satisfaction with it right now is at a two out of 10, Right. right? Right. So if that's something that's important to you, but you're not able to actually put time and effort or thought into that, yeah, of course you're feeling frustrated right now. Of course you're feeling sad or down. So yeah, for me, so that would be kind of mid to late twenties. But if I didn't have that activity, I probably still wouldn't know what values are, or why they matter or what's important about them.
0: I love talking to people because one of our first guests, um, I can't remember, he was in the first five or 10 folks that we interviewed he got online and he's like, well, what are, what, you know, give me some names of values, right? It's kind of like the feelings chart that we give clients that says, okay, if you can't, you don't have the language, you know? And so he looked for the language online and that's kind Mm -hmm. of what I had to do too. It's like, I, and as, as the more I talk to people, the more language I learn to be able to have a a better discourse about it. So uh, I'm glad to hear you say that you, you didn't really know you didn't grow up thinking this way. And I saw Samaya was like nodding her head and going, yeah, yeah. About the whole social work thing, because oh, right. <laughs> totally I mean, I was an it. English major. What the yeah. hell? I don't know. I was
2: working in a group home for $9 an hour with a bachelor's in sociology and Asian American studies. I was like, how do I make more than oh, wow. $9 an hour? Yeah. How do I yeah. Do that? Oh, graduate yeah. school. What master's in social work. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. 20 okay, years good. later, here I am. <laughs>
1: I don't feel so alone, but yeah, everyone was just like, they had the clear path. They knew everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, do not feel that way.
0: (laughs) That's that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was an instructional design specialist, you know, I, there was no social work or helping at all in that. I mean, I don't want to say it was not helping, but writing manual training manuals on how to receive merchandise into a warehouse, I suppose, helped someone, but you know, not quite the same. Well, and I'm
1: sure. I'm sure being kind of in the mental health field, right? That the value of helping others, right? Is always there. And like, when you think about that career change or what you were doing versus what you're doing now, I can imagine that's also a shift in values.
0: Well, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the value of connection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I grew up feeling very disconnected from my family, feeling disconnected from my friends, feeling different, right? Not understanding Mm -hmm. I grew up and realized, Oh, you're a lesbian. You're gay. Okay. That's why you're feeling so different. But mm-hmm. I, I had no clue. Right. And yeah. when I was growing up and I just, it was that apartness and I say, you know, I hate people sometimes because I feel so you different. Do? I do, I do, <laughs> but it's, it also creates that desire for connection. And mm-hmm. it was that desire that, you know, led me into social work even more. So I think, yes, I want to be helpful. And yes, I want to, I want to make an impact. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I can say that I've always wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a writer and I haven't given that up yet, but my desire was always to be someone who could get others to feel. Does that make sense? Yeah. So whether that was through writing, let me push you toward an emotion or as a social worker, let me facilitate your insight into what you are feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all comes kind of from the same place. So I don't know how you would, I don't know if that's like an actual value and what you would name it, but I put it under the umbrella of connection. So and yeah.
2: Loving others. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I love that because I feel like there was another value I was thinking of, but I kind of said the same thing where it was, I don't know what the name of that would be. Right. And so like, a, for me, a good way to think about values is what's important to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like what is important? Cause the other one I was thinking of, but I don't even know the name of what it would be is to go back to social work is I would always hear that. Okay. Social work, like you're kind of cheap labor or <laughs> social work. I I heard that from people that I worked with, right. That were trying to hire more social workers, like, Oh, we're cheap or, Oh, we do a lot of work for not a lot of money. And that always didn't sit well with me. Cause I'm like, Mm. well, I'm important. I have value, but I just, I would hear it from other social workers. I would hear it from management. Um, You would hear it like, well, okay. Psychologists kind of get more money because they have more schooling. And I'm thinking I have just as much experience, not necessarily school wise, but as far as trainings that I've received. And so for me, maybe it's self worth a little bit, but also how other people see you. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what the name of that would be. But for me, just kind of wanting to feel validated, maybe, or kind of people acknowledging your worth, but I feel like a good way to figure out a value is when you get really frustrated by someone's words. And like that, like I would hear that pretty readily in certain jobs and I'm like, what the heck? I don't believe that at all. I think,
0: I think self-worth.
1: Yeah. I think that's
0: a, a, a good umbrella term for that because you're right. I mean, there's nothing, you know, sometimes, sometimes you know, your values by what is lacking in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. feel con-
0: you feel content when something, you know, if, if you're feeling valued and you have self, you know that people value your self-worth or the worth of who you are as a person. Um, You feel good, but you sure as heck feel terrible when you don't have that. Yeah. And I think that happens often. That's how, that's another way of, I mean, that's sort of the Dina Searden way of, of learning things is not necessarily by the positives, but by the negatives, because it's like, I feel really shitty about myself. What value (laughs) might I not be attending to, you know, You know, maybe I'm, I I love my kids and I love the connection with my kids, but maybe really my value of connection isn't being met right now because I need an adult to talk to.
1: (laughs) But I, for me, I, I learn the best when I go through struggle. It doesn't feel that way in the moment when I struggle, but being on the other side of it, I'm like, wow, this is something that has really impacted my life in a really great way, obviously, in the moment when things are hard, and things are challenging, of course, you don't have to think that way. I wasn't thinking that way. But being outside of certain situations, and the value that it brings to my life now is just incredible to see. So it's kind of interesting, right? Because that probably also makes you, 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 Dina, which you're great. So it's just interesting that you can have those challenges. And right, you can Yeah, but that that makes you you. And that's I think that's a really cool. That's a really cool thing.
2: I think everything you've spoken to is, it it resonates with me. And um, when I was interviewed actually by Dina and uh, Rachel, it was the same thing. I think I felt the most connected to authenticity, which is similar to truth and honesty, Mm -hmm. right. Connection was huge for me. Those are what I've sort of lived my life sort of naturally just being who I am and going through the struggles I've went through. And, um, but also realizing it's made me the person who I am and I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know. Yeah. No matter how traumatic or sad they may be, I would not trade anything for it. Yeah. At all. I would do it yeah. all over again, you know. So I just I yeah. think everything and you said just sits with me, you know?
1: Yeah. Did it feel that way in the moment?
2: Oh no. god, yeah. no. Yeah. And still I struggle with the stuff. Same stuff. Yeah. Like the trauma that's happened 20 years ago, <laughs> that shit comes up in my face all the time. And I talk to my therapist, Teresa, I'm like, why? why is it happening? You know? So it's just yeah. one of those things where yeah. I, I can sit with it now and I don't let it affect me as that much. And I can reflect on it um, here and knowing that it's, it's way there. It's way back there. It's not, it's not yeah. happening, you know, anymore, but, yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't trade anything. And I think that's yeah. what makes us all so unique is our experiences and what we draw from that.
1: Yeah. No, I, I asked that question, right. Cause I mean, for most people, when you're in it, it so doesn't feel that way. And it's just mm-hmm. about, okay, potentially I could feel differently about this later on. Because I think in the moment, it feels so isolating and alone. Yeah. And why do I think this way? But I think it's just so much more common than people think. Absolutely. Like you don't have to be kind of poly positive and just look on the bright side, right? It's about like, no, life is hard, life is challenging. And, you know, it could also be there to teach us something. It could, Kind of lead to something potentially positive, or it could change the way we lead our life for the better, or and even for the worse, and then get better. Right?
0: It will get better if we choose to learn from it rather than wallow in yeah. it. Um,
1: yeah,
0: I think yeah. as you're talking, I'm, I'm just thinking about what it's like, what it was like when I was younger, and you know, being a teenager or in my early 20s, or even up into my early 30s, just how. Every experience was so powerful because it was new Mm -hmm. and I didn't have perspective. And I think what you're talking about is, you know, the ability to look at something that you're going through in the moment and say to yourself, it's okay. It's going to get better. Really? I think that sort of ability doesn't come until a little bit later in life, right? After Mm -hmm. you've gone through it, after you've had success, after you know, you're not going to die because the person you think that you're so in love with doesn't love you back, <laughs> right? I mean, how devastating yeah. is that first love? And when you know. lose it, um, maybe there are yeah. some people in the world uh, that are able to say, oh, this is my first love and we've been together since high school, like our friend Jean. But um, <laughs> you know, most of us have gone through yeah. several yeah. Iterate, iterations of, of love. But you remember how just like, oh, yeah. I just like you were gonna- <laughs> die. And in many ways, there's lots of things that we go through in life that we just think we're, this is it, this is going to kill me. And yeah. it's not till later in life that we realize, well, it's not going to kill you mm-hmm. and you actually grow from it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Not every single thing. I mean, I can imagine, you know, we're all yeah. pretty privileged in that, you know, we live in, you know, we're middle-class white. Sure. Well, I was going to say white, but somebody not
1: white. Let's say first world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's such a good point. That's such a good point. I was kind of laughing as you were talking, just kind of looking back of how dramatic I was, right? That first love or even like back to elementary, like this boy doesn't like me and it's just kind of my friend, my friend's not my best friend anymore. Yeah. Just world crushing. Right. And then having that perspective. Okay. Life goes on. And, you know, I think too, like even, kind of as I get older, that I think we have this idea of we make it through this hump or this challenge. And then okay, life's going to be good now. Right. And I think we do ourselves such a disservice when Mm -hmm. we do that, because then life hits, right. And I think it's a constant process of there's good and bad. And I think the more that we can accept that, not that you have to like it, right. But acknowledge that is reality. I think it kind of allows you to move through those challenges. Not perfectly, right? It's not that it's easy, but it allows you to move through it in maybe a better way.
0: So Candace, let me ask you, would you say you have a secret to your pie, the secret ingredient, something that makes your pie really special?
1: Such a good question, Dina. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking of a couple of different things. So I've been told I'm very giggly And I just like to credit my mom for that, that she's just, Mm. that's just, if you met her, she is a very, she's a sassier version of me, maybe a little bit more unfiltered. Um, Mm. But that's just kind of her, that's kind of, I mean, no, can you believe that? Um, But that's just kind of how she is and how she raised me. And she likes to have fun and laugh. And I think that's also part of my values pie is laughter and kind of enjoyment in some of those smaller things. And I think I get that from her. The other thing is, you know, as much as I'm here to help my clients, I feel like I get double in return from my clients, kind of going back to that perspective, when you hear so many stories and hear what people go through and Mm -hmm. their strength, I know they don't necessarily believe that, but truly their strength and what they've had to go through, I think I'm honored to get that perspective on a regular Mm. basis. And, you know, I have my challenges. Other people have their challenges. You know, I can be having my struggles. They're having their struggles. And it's not that one is better or worse, but just having that perspective of typically on any given day, someone's going through it for some reason. And to have that perspective on a regular basis for me, as much Mm. as I'm helping my clients, I... Love that I get to not only help them along their journey, but get that perspective of, okay, you know, maybe I'm having a tough day and, you know, other people are having a tough day, right? So we're not just kind of so in our own head of why me kind of, how is this happening to me? Like people are going through it.
2: Right. I'm inspired every day by the amount of resilience that our veterans experience and go through and have to think about all the trauma and loss they've gone through and and what their struggles are today. It it really um, does. It puts things into perspective about how, how one can really struggle. And at the same time, how grateful I am for what, you know, where I am and what I have. And I, I truly do appreciate that, you know, that we get from our clients.
1: Just a reminder, right? Absolutely. Get out of our own head a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Kind of going back to making those connections, making connections mm-hmm. with people that perhaps you might not make connections with otherwise. Sure, and absolutely. People coming from a different place can really shine a light on your thought processes and your life and your circumstances. Yeah. So, Candace, thank you so much for being <laughs> here. I mean, this has been so great. I miss you. <laughs> I
1: oh, know. I miss you too. Uh, thank you for having me. This is great. Good to see you, you too. too.
0: All right, my dear. Well, enjoy your day and hey, uh, thanks. hopefully we'll talk soon.
1: Well, I love you too. We're doing this podcast. I think it's really great. And I just thank love you. it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: That was good. I did like what she said about the gratitude piece. And I loved that she mentioned that you can have the bad and the good Mm -hmm. and you don't, gratitude doesn't mean you're happy. Totally. Absolutely.
2: I think what you, we talked about last or a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about what we're going to do for our podcast, I think we have this sort of expectation of, of everybody that everybody should be happy. Right. And I think that's such, so misleading, Right. Because then people are constantly trying to find this happiness. And the reality is it's not like that. We do have our good moments, bad moments, you know, periods of grief and loss. And I think that's really truly what reality, what life is about, not about just the search for happiness, but also about
0: the good and the bad,
2: you know, mm-hmm. the ups and the downs and the things that we experience that are hardships, you know,
0: that's all part of life. It um, is all part of life. And I think that the gratitude piece of it makes it a more tolerable and mm-hmm. B really gives it
2: meaning and purpose. Absolutely. Totally.
0: Well, my dear, thank you so much. And I guess we'll see you the next time that we meet here at the wellness pie shop. See you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.